You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. I know everyone's thought of this because I think it's been a meme. It's circulated the internet. It's probably a common thought you've had maybe once, maybe not. What people would think of you or what would be discovered if, God forbid, something happened to you and your phone was left behind, like you died, like you're fucking dead and you're not getting the phone back (laughs) and someone, you know, They give your phone to your husband, to, you know, your parents (laughs) and, or just maybe you were lost at sea and then they got your phone and they see the inside of your butthole and they see, or in my case here, the concerning voice memos, the, the endless notes that really are telling about my mental health. Also, I want to know what is a normal amount of pictures you're supposed you're supposed to have in your album. I feel like mine is a lot. I have 32,596. I feel like that is too many. Like I feel like 60% of them probably should be deleted and serve no purpose and I will never go look at that screenshot of the weather that I texted someone two weeks ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Why is that in my phone? Also, do you know what I do have in my phone? Just random little factoid about Jordy Cakes is every time I see a license plate that has three numbers in a row, like angel numbers, Mm -hmm. mommy will snap a pic. I will risk my life and be like, the angels are protecting me, you know, fuck, you know, the traffic and anything that could happen. And I make the very unwise, dangerous decision to snap a picture of the license plate, you know, not when anyone's in the car with me, at a red light, sometimes on the highway, sometimes, (laughs) just gotta get that pic. Also, speaking of license plate numbers, I am also that person who in the notes app has multiple license plate numbers of cars that just made me feel some type of way. So if there was like a murder that happened, I could, you know, connect the officers with a couple of plates that I thought were suspicious, that were a little sus. Someone went in my neighborhood. I'm sure it was a door dasher. I don't know what he was doing, but I didn't. Is that fucked up? I think that is fucked up. I think that is me. Is that discrimination? Is that, what is that? I think that's not normal. I am paranoid. I watch entirely too much Dateline. People investigate forensic files. So it's not deep-rooted hatred. It is fear. And then a little bit of like me delusionally thinking I'm slightly psychic. So BT Dubs, happy Monday. Welcome back to the show. Today we have a guest on this episode. We do listener questions first. Duh. If you're new around here, she's a consistent gal, kind of. But I intro, do listener questions. We get to hear all about y'all and my voice and then a topic of the hour. And today I have Nicoletta from the podcast Sluts and Scholars, which is a podcast that is a part of the fucking incredible 
Pleasure Podcast Network, which I am a part of. We are discussing painful sex. So I know I've gotten some questions about that. She is the expert on this topic, and I'm excited for you to hear that and a bunch of other shit we talk about. So stick around. I want to shout out the parents real quick. If you have kids that are in school, maybe if you're in a different part of the country, I'm on the West Coast, school has already started for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be. It is about to start over here. And I'm sure you can hear from the tone of my voice that I am so ready. Mama's ready. Summers can be brutal for some, more brutal for some than others, but it seems like overall for the moms, the workload is more. Maybe that doesn't apply to everybody, but it does for me. I remember one time a girl blocked me from high school because I said that dog moms like weren't real moms. And I do want to just say that I stand by that statement that it is different and I will stand there on that hill and I will die because I can't lock little Charlie up in a cage and go to the grocery store. I can't, I mean, I guess I could. I did one time. I did one time and I never did it again, okay? Put a leash <laughs> on my child. He had the backpack leash. You can't strap little Jane Get her on all fours, drag her around. Can't do that. Can't leave her in your car with the windows cracked while you run in Chevron. It's not the same. It's not the fucking same. I can't go on an app and get a boarding service for my child because a stranger is not going to pour a little bowl of food for little Jane. Okay, Jane might get trafficked if that app existed. So it's different. And I swear to God, I don't know, but I, I know that I'm not blocked by this girl anymore. And it's just funny because she has had a child. And I wondered when I saw that name again, I go, oh, 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 maybe, maybe she saw that pushing out seven pounds, three ounces out of your pussy and then having life that you must sustain is different. I know a dog is alive. And just to let all of y'all in on one big secret that we have, our kids don't know, but you're not going to get to fucking tell them. <laughs> We're getting a dog for Christmas. Yes, we fucking are. It's happening. And my husband has accepted this reality. We promised my son a long time ago. Yeah, we'll get a dog by the time you're seven. Well, guess fucking what? That's coming up in the spring. So he thinks that that'll probably be his birthday present when really... We are traveling for the holidays, and when we get back, we will have a little puppy. So maybe I'll be eating my words, and this is, it's going to be a new addition to our family, for surezies. Are puppies a cock block? No. A kennel train them. But it is weird when they watch you fuck, isn't it? I've heard of some dogs like licking people's assholes while they're fucking. That doesn't sound erotic to me. Also, OMG, do we all know a girl who let their dog eat peanut butter from them? And I know that I, I can't believe I just said that sentence either. It's I, I, I mean, I can, but I just said it on the podcast and we all know that girl. I remember her first name. I'm not even going to say it. Clara. 
I remember, I swear to God, there was a girl who shared that, and I was absolutely, slightly horrified. And, you know, as we got older, I think, you know, you digest, swallow, process things that maybe freaked you out or sounded so strange or foreign to you, and then you get older, and you go, ah, oh. this was never one that I was like, ah, oh, I, don't, I don't get it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't get it. But it makes me feel bad for her and the dog. I feel bad for both of them, both people, both things, both both living species. I find <laughs> I feel sick for. Are we ready to talk about sex? Are we ready? Let's talk about your problems and dive right on into listener questions. <laughs> That was bad. Did that hurt someone? What if y'all were wearing headphones? I'm very sorry. It's time for la, 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 listener questions. Question number one. Getting over wife's affair 10 years ago. My wife had an affair with two different guys, one her coworker and the other her boss over 10 years ago. She was having fun at the office. We, I, I put that line in. We've done counseling multiple rounds and have a thriving marriage and family with kids today. Congratulations. But I still find myself caught in the same mental loop around the affair sex. At least one of the guys was quite well endowed. I'm sure I exaggerated this over the years. And the other, great sex. How do you know that? How do you, do I want to know how you know that? How do you know that? Did you find a journal? Did she tell you? Okay. I've tried to eroticize it in our marriage, but that hasn't worked. In a recent counseling round, we got some tools that let her feel comfortable with me using as a fantasy, but not engaging with her on it. Still, I feel super stuck and can't get out of my own head with it. I find myself seeking other stories about a fair sex, bigger endowed guys for wives, all of it. Is there a way I can bring it up to her again without creating emotional damage? Or how can I take a step forward out of this cycle of eroticizing this shameful moment, her words, in her life? Okay, that was a doozy, but... I think not, if you think this is like weird and niche, I think it's niche, but not weird. I'm sure there's plenty of people, I hope listeners that can relate. I hope you've all had your wives sleep with their coworkers. And so you can understand, just kidding. But I'm sure, I'm sure people can relate to someone having an affair and the consequences that came are maybe long time ago before kids, before family, people make mistakes, you came back together, but sometimes it's a mind fuck. I've never been a person who has done well getting back together in a relationship because I'm a crazy fucking bitch. But I will say the reason I brought myself up was because in those relationships, the first time I ever got cheated on, my first love, because fucking men suck, not all of you, but y'all are horny little dogs. I remember that is what triggered, I guess, me being into thinking about my man with another woman. And it kind of organically came, but I knew that it was something I was aroused by. I was eroticizing, but I knew 
or I tell myself I know (laughs) that I don't want that to happen in real life. Sometimes I look at it and I think, is this a defense mechanism mechanism is this me trying to say accept this this is the way lots of men are so you know you want to be with him still you love him so be turned on by it you know make lemonade out of fucking lemons that sounds kind of sad a little pathetico a wee bit a wee bit cynical but 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 I can't deny and I'm sure you can't either the physical response that your body has And you're like, I sure as shit am horny and turned on. And I'm like, I like this shit. I like it alone. I like it partnered. So you're like, yeah, I'm kind of into this. And it doesn't have to be like, clearly you don't want that to happen again. There's consequences, but fantasy is different. And you said it didn't work with her in the marriage because obviously she holds shame there. Now I think like really big picture and zoom out and think if she could master that shame, which that's, you're not going to do that for her. That's her own thing. And I would tread lightly, but that's going to be her shame journey of forgiving herself. And who knows, maybe she does find it erotic and hot, but the guilt is so immense that it's just weird for her. So maybe you could ask her, do you actually enjoy that? And it's fun, but you feel so bad for me or it takes you back to this bad place. You could ask to learn and understand about her feelings more, but you have to respect if that is something that makes her feel very uncomfortable, she does not enjoy. And maybe you already know that answer. Your question essentially is, can I bring this up again without creating emotional damage. And I I don't know the answer to that. I know you could suggest it in a way where you wanted to have deeper understanding. I say this every fucking time, but I'm going to continue. Timing and delivery would be vital. I think you're smart enough to know. I mean, if y'all both made it through and on the other side, you called your marriage thriving. So that's a great adjective. So you would know more about what's going to come from this combo. But if I was talking to both of you, it would be a different story because I'd want to challenge how she was thinking about it and why it couldn't be a different chapter moving on in a little addition to the bedroom. Now, maybe she's like, you know what? That's going to feed the wrong wolf and mama. So respect that. And your second question was, how can I take a step forward out of this if I know this combo isn't going anywhere? If it was me, I would take a look and go, is this causing problems in my life? I, you did ask me the question, so obviously it's something you dwell on and think about. Do you feel shame for finding it arousing or exciting? As long as your masturbation isn't taking away from your own sex life, I don't know why it has to be a horrible thing. If you feel like absolute shit after, why is that like deeply rooted shame instilled in you that that's something wrong that you should be looking at, that you shouldn't be getting off to that? It's all perspective. I think you could even reframe it and look at it completely differently. And I don't know if I think it's a gigantic deal, but if you hold different beliefs around that, then I guess I would stay away from that topic of porn. 
I don't know why you have to be like scolding yourself. If this was something you were doing every day, every time you're fucking, that's what's getting you off. That's your go-to to climax. Yeah, I think I'd cut back. I think I would feed a different animal inside of you. I would check that. I would go, what? What is that? I'm like hyper-focused. Almost seems unresolved. Like you may have a little woundy, woundy there. I feel like that's one for the therapist. You know, a lot of people's kinks stem from childhood and trauma and all these things. So maybe that was a little traumatic event. And so you want to think about your wife getting digged down by a monster cock. You know, it is, it is what it is. And we're all fucking freaks of nature at the end of the day. A little bit, a little bit. Even the ones that you're like, no way. If you had a video, if we could just sit down and watch their brain for the last 20 years, we'd be horrified by every single one of them. I guarantee it. I want to move on to question number two, but I would love to ask the freaky fam, the mommies, the daddies, the listeners, do you relate in any way? Do you eroticize or are into things that previously fucked you up, hurt your feel feels, and now you're masturbating to it. Go to my Instagram page. See if there's a poll in my stories, okay? If not, you better DM me. Say, where's that poll, bitch? And I'll be like, yeah, oh, yes, yes. Okay, moving onward. Question number two. We got crazy in-laws. Okay, here we go. Hi, Jordan. She complimented the show, said she's binged it, that we are her people, and I love it. And she clicked the subscribe button. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Good girl. Good girl. Okay. She said the problem. I have a great husband. He's very assertive and communicative with our relationship. When it comes to his parents, he's very passive aggressive and has trouble setting boundaries with them. This is severely impacting our sex life because he's all in his head and I have to control my impulse to be a disrespectful bitch. Oh, I love you. The question, how do I get him to set firm boundaries with his parents so I can have his big dick energy instead of the, I can't man the fuck up vibe that he's giving. Context, my in-laws are very intrusive. They invite themselves to our house with less than 24 hours notice. We live four hours away now, but when we lived on the street from them, they would show up unannounced. They call and text all the time, and if they don't get their way, they're very manipulative. On our wedding day, his mother locked herself in the bathroom and was crying because she didn't get the style dress I had requested. She was in the wedding party. And his dad called to tell me I had to call her and apologize and tell her the dress was fine. I never said the dress she wanted wasn't fine. She left our kid with a stranger staff member at the venue that we were at one time when she literally said she would watch him. There's so many more stories, but recently his dad called and said they wanted to come visit. My husband told him, we are busy, not now. Two days later, his mom sends a text, we are coming to visit this week. Two days later, she texts my husband, we're coming tomorrow. My husband ghosted them after he told his dad, not now. And so the day they were supposed to show up, they start serial calling and leaving rude ass messages. It stresses out my husband and myself. I have a savage inner bitch that is screaming to come out, but I feel like it should be my husband that handles this. He's not handling this and it's a boner killer for both of us. I get why he's avoiding dealing with it because they will guilt trip and shame him and manipulate him into getting what they 
want. Bottom line, my manipulative in-laws are cock blocking. Okay, while this was a lengthy question, I love that you outlined it with a sweet message, problem, question, context, and bottom line. I'm really into it. Detailed enough, not too, too long. You got to the point, loved it. If everyone could format their questions like that, that would be fabulous. Okay, so I have many thoughts. Some I would, in a sisterly way, I'm going to tell you that I do want you to save space for him. Have some empathy. Believe me, I'm a, I'm an inner crazy bitch too that really needs to, wants to say it exactly like it is. That's the Tammy Ragusa in me. Rest in peace, mommy. And I don't care about, sometimes I don't care about how close the person is to me. It's white or black. It's right or wrong. I'm not going to have favoritism. Like because someone's my friend or my spouse or anything, if something they're doing, I don't agree with. I am not going to fucking stand by, enable, and co-sign it. No, I shan't. I will not. They will know. And I'll still respect them and their life and their choices. But when you get to the spouse part, it's like your life is entangled and you married him. And guess what? That family is an extension of what you signed up for. And you know that. I know that. I love, 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 love and feel so blessed to have the in-laws that I do. But I think it's human nature to when something is different to you or like that's not how you were raised, that is not, that wouldn't fly in your household or we handled conflict this way or you judge it. You know, you're like, hmm, because we all had our normal, so that's their normal and it's weird as fuck to us. I think it's normal, right? You Have you seen Everybody Loves Raymond? Great, great sitcom. I'm a millennial, so maybe... That's not landing. I think that's landing for everyone. I feel like it is. Gen Z, I don't think a lot of them are here. And if you are here, you're, I love you. I love you. Stay. You can sit with us. But your in-laws kind of sound like the everybody loves Raymond in your business, want to be in your business. But I want you to hold that space of if this is killing your husband's, you know, the reason why it's a boner killer is probably because you're icked out by it, which you stated. And he can see that. He can tell that you are feeling tense or sh distressed or stressed out or not jiving, vibing with this shit that's going on. And so that doesn't really breed a sexy environment. I wish so badly that it could be compartmentalized, that that in-law issue could be like an issue that y'all are working on and through. Maybe you share different opinions about some parts and you don't agree completely, but you're going to be intentional at revisiting conversations or laying out some boundaries, having a big heart to heart. I'm going to dive into that. But in the meantime, you're going to allow yourself to also have you and him and push that away, like close the door, put that in a suitcase in the corner for a sec so that you are not just letting that bleed out into your relationship and suck all of the goodness. Like don't give 
your in-laws that much power over your sex life. That's how you need to frame it. That's the mindset you need to have or else you're just letting this rob you and drain you and energetically drain you. And now you're not getting to experience as much pleasure. I happen to think a conversation between you both were you validated. I promise I'm going to swing the other way and hype you up too. validated him and acknowledge like I see this stresses you out. I can see how me being icked out by you not having a spine, don't say that one, but you could say you not taking the initiative that I'm wanting, that I feel like I'm expecting of you, that I'm needing you to do is making me feel just kind of frustrated. You can use the word icked if you need to. And hopefully he can not be a jackass and just kind of hear that. Maybe he'll get butt hurt, but you could throw in how you see how it affects him and you don't want it to be like this between y'all and you want to find a way to work through it, even if it's taking it as it comes because you they'll keep fucking talking to you, obviously. I picked this question because I think there are a lot of people who have like in-law issues or maybe there's an issue and you're looking for your husband or your significant other to make boundaries around something and you feel like it's on them to do. Like you want to see that from them. You have to ask. I think you have to literally fucking say it because they're not mind readers. And you have to know they probably got their own like little thing or issue as to why they suck at that. And I'm not saying you should now dismiss it or go, oh, it's okay because he's like this because childhood was like this for him. So he's really bad at this. That's how I think of things all the fucking time. And there's got to be a point where you go, oh, okay, I'm going to do work on myself. Like I'm going to look at me and why I'm this way and better myself. My advice to y'all is to really come together be a united team and make a fucking plan. If you need to write, get pen to paper or your fucking notes app out and make a list of boundaries, what you feel like needs to be put in place. And if this is a list or an email that you draft over and over and over, because you might sound really mean in the first one, then I want you to read it in a couple of days. Hopefully you're not more fucking angry. But the point is, is maybe you need to come together to form something to give to them to say, hey, these are the boundaries. And I say writing and emailing because you're not giving the space for a big reaction for like some shit to fucking go down in person, the tears, the drama, and him feeling torn between his mom and his wife. Like what a shitty fucking feeling. And it's true. Like men listening, if you were up your mom's butt and around the corner, like there is a difference between a man who respects, loves, cares, is good, a good son to his mother and the toxic mommy boys. And there's mama's boy. There's multiple kinds. There's the kind that they're up their mom's button around the corner. You've seen the TLC show when they call their mom sexy. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's watching mom porn. And it's just really weird. And those moms are terrifying. And then there's the whipped mama's boy. And he's just... Your husband a little bit might sound like the one who gets plowed on if she's there, manipulated by her, like you said, and he feels torn, probably resorts back to five-year-old him 
during that moment. There's all types of mommy issues and they're real, just like we have fucking daddy issues. So y'all are going to have to be a team united and have a conversation. And I wouldn't go in with guns a-blazing, attacking. I would go, this is my teammate. This is my partner. This is going to be a continual issue for me if we don't address it maturely. So the answer is, you can't make him do anything. But it sounds like he wants to please you. It sounds like he's tried to do this and she goes hard. So y'all need to come up with a plan, enforce it, tell the mother-in-law that you have a life, you have a family, and you're so thankful that she and his, your dad, his dad was able to teach you how to provide for his family and be a father and present husband, whatever, okay? Worded however you want and that they need to chill the fuck out. Don't say that. But respect y'all's time as a family and making plans and respecting you as grown adults now. And if they can't, then you don't know how you could foster a relationship where you don't feel like there's mutual respect. And some people can't take that. And that fucking sucks. So it does suck when you feel like you have to distance yourself from family, especially your mom. But sometimes relationships are toxic. You do what you got to do. So best of luck. Okie dokie. Question number three, last but not least. My lovely wife and I had a child later in life. We're in our mid forties with a toddler. Guessing this is a smaller slice of your listening audience, but damn for alone. This is my second marriage. I'm quite experienced in the teachings of therapy. I hear my wife. I see her. I know she is struggling with the daily soul sucking of the three-nager. Three-nager, I like that. While I'm at work. I am engaged as a father when home and plugged into the endless to-dos around the house and everyday life. Try to provide space for her to vent, get out, get with friends when last-minute plans pop up. All the things to show my love and respect for her, provide for her, etc. She said on multiple occasions, giving birth has rewired her brain. She questions who she is anymore. Her sex drive has been smacked down to maybe once every two or three months. We've been open with each other. I've been open about my needs, but she is not a take one for the team kind of girl. Plus what I want is mutually fulfilling and desired intimacy. Who can blame you? Also, like, can we please just like fuck each other's brains out at least a new moon or something? LOL. It's been super hard for me. Sounds like it, bud. The lack of connectedness physically bleeds into me every day. I feel neglected and unloved. I get angry, super stressed. I fill the void with poor eating habits, not looking my best these days. I know she does love me and does many, many other things to show it. But to be honest, I can do my own laundry, make a lunch, etc. Let's have amazing sex, massage, or simple caressing. I need the connection. I also get seasons, but this one's been long. So I love my wife and the family life. It's an absolute priority. Been through a divorce. I lived the separated co-parenting life. I will not go through that again. It'll be a sexless, depressing life before going that fucking road a second trip. Damn. We both deserve better than that and will only make our little dude's life better and a more loving environment to grow in if we get better. Yes. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks, Jordan. Okay. I do, because I don't want to forget this. 
you mentioned that you fill the void with poor eating habits. And I know I don't want to harp on you lecture you, but I will just, I have to say it because I think this could help a lot of people listening and just maybe a little light bulb goes off. Maybe need to be called out. I know most of us, we all have our vices, right? Some of those vices are considered healthy. Like some people, they love working out. And then there are people that work out way too much. They're going to the gym two or three times a day and it's sick and it's not healthy for them. There are people that use food to comfort, people that use alcohol, people that use drugs, people that use marijuana, people that use work, people like there's people have all their vices. We know this. And you did say that you don't feel like you're looking your best these days. So I'm not saying shame, shame, shame on you for eating a little extra because you've been feeling down because like me fucking too. I made a banana pudding the other day and Derek didn't even get any. The whole entire pudding was consumed within, I mean, the kids did, but I was a really big part of it and I feel shameful for it. But anyways, if you're not feeling your best, you're going to vibe that and she's going to vibe that. And it's just kind of gaining momentum in the opposite direction than you even want to go in. If you're wanting things to get better in that department, you need to give a fuck. I always say people care about people that care about themselves. Maybe that sounds so vain, but it is my opinion that you are going to feel your best or I feel my best when I'm taking good care of myself because that's really what it is. It's honoring your body as your temple, like being your best self. That does not mean you need to eat, fucking change your whole entire diet and lifestyle. I mean, if you're eating McDonald's for every meal, then yes, Yes, you fucking do. But move your body. Go and walk around the block two times. Do something. Do yoga. Get outside. Go to the park. Sign up for a class. Something so that you cannot get in that because it is a that. That is getting in a rut of sorts. It can lead there. It's a slippery slope. So I had to bring awareness. You're like, bitch, you said you weren't going to lecture me and then you just fucking did. So moving on, just self-awareness there. You know, your wife loves you. You're like, I would rather be fucking than her doing all those things. I'm doing air quotes that she does for me. It sounds like you need to have a come to Jesus moment. You said that you have done the therapy. You say that you see your wife she feels heard. You know she's going through this season and it's feeling fucking long, right? The days are so, so long and then years have gone by and you're like, holy shit. And I will tell you, my son is six now and I, the last couple of times we've been out, I've thought, and these are new thoughts, like, wow, like we're finally at the place that I've been fantasizing about being at for fucking ever. When everyone's like, enjoy it, savor it, savor it, savor it. Yes, I have like 27,000 photos on my phone, savoring, loving. I'm getting all the kisses. I'm hugging. I'm loving. I'm here. I'm validating. I'm a snack bitch. I'm losing my cool. I'm having all the moments, okay? And it doesn't really make them any easier when you tell me to savor them. It's hard. It really is a fucking three. It's terrible twos tumultuous threes, fuck you fours, fuck off five. I don't know. It's just, it's fine. It's, we're getting good at six. We're getting, but it's also like, 
I wouldn't be surprised if inside in his mind he was flipping me off sometimes. That's what it feels like. Okay, we're getting off topic. I hate to say the word ultimatum because it's like so fucked up and you're like, bitch, I'm like, I just told you I would rather die miserable here than get a divorce. But I feel like you have to come to someone and go, man, I feel like I'm fucking dying. I feel like I'm missing out. I don't want anything different. But boy, oh boy, I can't do this the rest of my fucking life. And sometimes it takes that for someone's ears to perk up. If you're saying it the same way and you've been saying it the same way for years, it's not working. It's not being received. You're not being fucking heard. (laughs) You're not being acknowledged. So sometimes you have to mix up your delivery. Sometimes it does have to be a little more cutting to get someone's attention. Maybe that's mildly toxic. Go get a crop top. There's only smalls left. Go. And maybe some of y'all are thinking, how could you, Jordan? How could you tell him to go to his wife who was raising his child? I'm not saying ask her for a fucking divorce. I'm not saying you want to step outside the marriage, but you could share with her authentically where your headspace is at and then say, "I, I need to know where your headspace is at. Can I share with you mine? I desperately want to know where your headspace is at. Give it to me all 100 as it is. And I hope that she just word vomits, tears, snot, and she can just get it all out. Whether it's, you know, the kid, she's feeling like, holy fuck, this season of her life. Maybe she feels like, oh, I should have done this at 30. Maybe she goes, why did I do this? Maybe she's loving every minute and she's just honestly not even thinking about you. It could be so many different things or all three. But you have to have a conversation and it can't just be this little minuscule, bring it up, hit on or get rejected. And you're like, you know, you're going to have to say really how you feel, find out really how she feels and then go from there and prioritize your relationship to say, I want to start dating you again. We need to figure out how to fit in some non-negotiables because this isn't saving any time for us to connect. And I desperately, desperately need to feel and want to feel connected to you. That is what's important to me in this lifetime is to feel close, to be able to feel loved and to give you love. For some people, that's everything. And for some people, it's a big thing. For some people, it's not as big of a thing. They get into the comfortable phase way easier and they can sit back and chill and feel like secure. But it can be to an extreme where they become almost naive thinking the other person is in that exact same headspace when they are their own fucking person and they are not feeling the same way you're feeling. Not always, but I've seen that happen. And then there's the other extreme where you feel like a little bit insatiable and needy and you want to be doted on and you feel like you really need that from your partner, your cup filled. Codependency. (laughs) And then there's the happy medium. Aren't we all just going for the fucking happy medium? Impossible. 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 Remember that movie, that Cinderella movie with Whitney Houston and Brandy? Class. Classic. Oh, I will totally remind you. Okay. No, I did. Happy I to remind did you. I, I did it. We're good. Okay. So I wanted to talk about pain and sex. So, and find out more about you. So let's just dive in. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to do this with you and glad to see you and excited to have you on mine soon too. I, I, I'm so grateful for the whole pleasure podcast community. Like I think it's super cool. How long have you been with them? So Cam and I actually went to college together. Um, so we were in a co-ed frat together in college. So we've been friends for over a decade. Uh, so I've been with him since the beginning. Cool. That's really cool. So you live in LA, I'm assuming. Yeah. Where are you? I'm in Washington. Come visit us. I'm I'm like 20 minutes from Portland, which Portland used to be cool, but it's like not cool anymore, really. I just went camping up recently in uh, La Center. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm close to that. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm like 30, 40 minutes from here. Cool. Oh, I wish I would have known. Well, I'll be coming up to Portland soon for a kinky camping trip. I'll, I'll cool. send you the invite if you're interested. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Portland has lots of cool, weird shit. Yeah. Okay. So sluts and good. Okay. Nicoletta. I say your name right, Nicoletta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Welcome, Nicoletta. Welcome to the Horny Housewife podcast. I am so excited you're here. So happy to be here and so glad to be part of the Pleasure Podcast family with you. Woo. Nicoletta is the host of Sluts and Scholars, which is a fabulous name, by the way. Thank you. Tell me, us, how this became your niche. I don't know what to call it. Why this became is your passion and you decided to pursue it. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I somehow got lucky to have parents who were pretty open talking about sex stuff, um, maybe, maybe too unboundaried sometimes. <laughs> and so I had a lot of permission to kind of explore this part of myself. They never like shamed me for dating and sexual exploration or self-pleasure or masturbation, stuff like that. And so I was really lucky. I kind of became the person that a lot of people would come and like ask questions of, or have them be like, can you ask this question in sex ed? Cause I don't want to ask it. Um, and I, I had a really great therapist growing up too. So she really helped me kind of get more in touch with my feelings and work on mental health stuff. And so by the time I got to college, um, I knew that I wanted to specialize in mental health and sexuality. Um, so I worked at like the sexual health peer resource center where folks could come get free condoms and advice and peer, peer counseling and STI tested. And uh, we even sold sex toys and put on events. Uh, And then my senior year, I wrote a sex column. Um, And I think what really like honed it in for me was I was like hooking up with a partner, a new partner in college. And he was doing something that I like wanted done differently. And I like gave him some feedback in a way that I thought was like pretty good, you know, like very informed and nice and supportive. And he was like, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I was like... I was like, okay, this is needs to be talked about more. Uh, not uncommon. And then grad school came around and uh, I went to school to be a therapist and we had like one class barely covered much on human sexuality. And most of the therapists I knew did not feel comfortable talking about this topic. And so I, I wanted to create a place where people could actually talk about this. Yeah. It's probably, I think maybe the therapists that don't want to talk about it are just not comfortable themselves. So they don't feel like they're able to, because there are a lot of people that have a lot of shame around it, or it's something that triggers something inside of them where they, I don't know, they don't know how to do it. They shut down something. Where do you think that stems from? I mean, we live in a very like shame-based culture around sex and sexuality. My upbringing was um, not common, I would say, for most of the people I talk to. So most Mm -hmm. of the clients I see, most of the folks I know, 
you know, we all have some kind of shame around this topic and, Mm -hmm. and not just sexually related. I think even when it just comes to like play and pleasure in general, you know, this sort of like capitalistic culture does not emphasize, um, the importance of play and pleasure. And so most of us just haven't been given permission to talk about it. We didn't have comprehensive sex. Um, it isn't like for a lot of us considered an important part of health. And so not just therapists, but like most doctors do not get training in human sexuality. Uh, even OBGYNs in a lot of states are not required to take extensive classes in human sexuality. And so there mm-hmm. are so many doctors out there who either don't feel comfortable asking the questions, don't specialize in sexual medicine, um, and don't feel comfortable talking about this. And so for a lot of people, especially women, um, things fall through the cracks when it comes to healthcare and sexual health care. And this kind of ended up being my specialization with clients because I have so many clients who have come to me like at their wits end and doctors just like weren't asking the right questions or were not giving them the proper referrals. So painful sex, that's what you want to talk about. I saw that you said men and women. It made me go, oh, okay, so like how are, because I always think of women when they write into me, mm-hmm. they're the ones talking about this is uncomfortable. I don't like experiencing this. And I don't hear a lot of men talking about it. What is the difference? Like, what do you hear from men and women in regards to painful sex? People with all kinds of genitals can experience pain during sex. Um, This can be due to a variety of things. So like for a person with a penis, um, it can be due to like a nerve issue. It can be due with like, uh, like skin sensitivity. Um, It can also happen, of course, with like untreated or undiagnosed like infections, Um, other things going on with the body, like, like back pain, like I said, like nerve, nerve issues. Um, There's also other like, um, tissue or like fibrosis things that can happen. There's one called like Peyronie's disease, which like people with penises usually have like a little bit of a curve (laughs) to their dicks. Right. Um, but some people curves a good direction. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, it can, it can all be good directions. (laughs) Just find the right position, you know, but I think for some people, what can happen for something like Peyronie's disease is they uh, get like a really intense curvature due to um, issues going on in the in the uh, the tissues, and so they it can cause a lot of pain. It can cause to maybe not be able to even like have penetration. Um, so there's there's people who experience pelvic pain no matter their genitals, but I see it a lot more for people with vaginas. I mean, it feels like a lot more could go wrong, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean. I don't have all the science on this, but I also would say that it's because pain for women is normalized a lot more during sex, right? Like if a person with a penis is experiencing some kind of symptoms, like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Their their doctors might listen (laughs) a lot more. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's more research on that. And so for people with vaginas, it's normalized early on that periods are supposed to be painful. First time supposed to be painful. Sex is painful. If it's too big, all these are fucking myths. Like this should not be happening unless there's something going on. So like it's normalized. We're just like, Oh, we're so it's supposed to be this way. And then people don't listen to our pain when we talk about it or might minimize it and just be like, well, have you tried lube? Have you tried wine? And that's the extent of it. And so I think it's Mm. happening for a lot more people with vaginas because people aren't taking it seriously. What are you supposed to do? And if someone experiences chronic pain, like say it is a, a reoccurring issue 
Do they have hope? Like, what do you do? Do you, is it a medical, is it a journey? And then you can get to consistent, truly enjoyable sex? Or is, are there some people who are just shit out of luck? Well, it's a, it's definitely a spectrum. So some people can experience chronic issues and much like other chronic things, there can be flare-ups potentially throughout their life, but there certainly is hope and a lot of, um, great things to do about it. So first and foremost, um, if you're experiencing unwanted pain, so I'm saying unwanted because if there's pain happening during sex, but you are kinky bitch and you Mm -hmm. like it, get it, great. (laughs) Get it. Um, but if you're experiencing pain that you're not wanting, The first thing I tell people to do is go to a sexual medicine specialist. So again, not every OBGYN, Mm -hmm. not every urologist is going to have training in pelvic pain. And so you really want to find someone who has sexual medicine specialization or ask them, like, do you have training in pelvic pain? Um, If they don't, you might need to find somebody else. Um, Depending on what state you live in, though, this can be frustrating because as we're talking about the shame and all that stuff, a lot of specialists aren't covered by insurance because a lot of people don't care about sexual pleasure, uh, which is a shame, which is a fucking shame and totally unfair. So it can make some of this inaccessible. Um, but there's a lot to do. So first thing you want to do is go to a sexual medicine specialist or someone who has experience in pelvic pain. And so what they're going to look at is they're going to see and rule out what's going on physically. So there's a lot of physical things that can cause pain. Um, Probably the biggest one that I see for people with vaginas is hormone issues. So Mm. I don't know if you know this, but um, for a lot of people who have taken the pill for an extended period of time, uh, there are folks who have- Does this count with an IUD? I tried to ask that. So there's- there's kind of a, a fight within the field, I would say. A lot of old school OBGYNs will say that like hormones stay localized with an IUD, a hormonal IUD. Um, other folks who are more holistic or more functional medicine doctors will say that that's bullshit. So it depends who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for the pill, um, some people have like a predisposition to this. And so what can happen is if you take the pill for a long time or just have a hormone imbalance from something else it can cause, this is a fucking mouthful, but it can cause something called hormone mediated vestibulodynia. So just okay, to break it down. I won't remember that, but okay. Yeah. Just to break <laughs> it down. It means hormone caused pain of the opening of the vagina. Where does and this so, pain, where do you feel this pain? Um, well, people can experience, uh, feel it like throughout their like vagina and pelvis because it radiates, but uh-huh. its origin is from, um, if it's this particular thing, yes. origin is the opening of the vagina. Okay. Um, so it's from there, but lots of different kinds of pelvic pain. Some people mm-hmm. can experience it more from their hips. Some people are experiencing it on the outside. Some people are experiencing it internally. So going to a sexual medicine specialist is going to help you figure out what the fuck is going on physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you know what's going on physically, you go to a sex therapist. Sometimes the uh, sexual medicine specialist will prescribe topicals, hormones, or something called pelvic physical therapy, mm-hmm. which is, you know how there's like a physical therapist for other injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's physical therapy for your vagina. And your can penis. you get that at rebound? Probably not. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. It depends where you go. Um, but so it's usually like a team of folks to kind of figure out what's going on. And then you can get at it from a physical and an emotional and a psychological place. Um, 
But most importantly is to figure out physically what's going on so that when you go to a therapist, a sex therapist like myself, mm-hmm. um, they can kind of help you and advocate for you and know what part is is physical before they help you address how it's impacted you. Interesting. I was, I feel like I have, because I have many times, after I've climaxed, I will have a terrible feeling that feels similar mm. to when I had contractions in labor. And mm. it's like down low, like I'm coming to you like you're my doctor right now. Like, what is <laughs> <Okay>. this? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's talk I about just it. wondered if I've just brushed it off. I just, you know, I complain about it. My husband is like, oh, I'm sorry. Was there anything I can do for you? I'm like, no, there's not anything you can do. (laughs) But it's like, uh, like I can't even stand up straight. And it doesn't happen every time. It's once a blue moon, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. all, it almost feels like the orgasm, like I'm like my whole, it's constricting. Like it hasn't Mm -hmm. let go or something. Does that make sense? How I'm articulating it? Totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, Uh, Yes, people can experience that with the contractions. Um, It can be caused by different things. Obviously, I don't know for you specifically, but I think the thing that I would, since we're pretending a little bit of like the therapist client dynamic, um, (laughs) if you're willing to answer like, what do you think has kept you just being like kind of brushing it off? And and, and I want to normalize this for everyone listening that not just women, but a lot of us in our culture have been taught like no pain, no gain. And if it's not like horribly bad, we often put off those doctor's appointments, right? Cause it's, it's a bitch to schedule. It's a lot, it's stressful. There's so many things to do, but I think it's important to ask yourself, like if this has been going on and it impacts you, why haven't I done something about it? Yeah. What's, what's made it so that you just like, just normalize it or ignore it. I think there have been times where I'll feel like I'm overplaying something. Like I'll think something's wrong with me. Go to the doctor. Like I had gas. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, the experience of, or I totally grew up with a hypochondriac father who multiple times thought he was having Mm -hmm. a heart attack. Like, and the doctors Mm -hmm. think it's anxiety. Like, or like, so I'm like, okay, I just had sex. My body was doing all these weird things. So it's Mm -hmm. just doing something weird and I can ride through it. And like during the pain, it feels scary because you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know why this is happening. But I'm like, oh, how is a doctor going to know exactly what's happening unless I'm experiencing this in front of them? So I guess I'm being cynical about the whole thing. But I think that touches on exactly what we were saying. Like a lot of people think, oh, I just need to white knuckle it or like, oh, this is normal or, oh, I can handle it. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Or we have like trauma with the medical system and are like, people don't believe me or they say I'm overreacting or they say it's just this. And sure, some of us are anxious hypochondriacs. And I'm anxious, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm same, same girl, same. Yeah. Like, and um I think it's created this thing where people don't believe, especially women in medical care, when they're saying something's wrong. Um, and You're if that person, dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Or if that person yeah. doesn't specialize in that, they may be missing something. So I have so many clients who have had pain with sex that have gone to like regular doctors who don't have this specialized training and they haven't done anything for them. They've said again, like, have you drank wine? Have you tried lube? Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah, it's kind of like not validating it whatsoever. And if yeah. there was consistent and a daily painful sex, you probably aren't looking forward to it. You probably exactly. are all up in your head and 
that over time, I feel like would disconnect you with your partner. Yes. Because totally. now you're anxious about it or how can you connect and be present if it's fucking painful? Exactly. And it makes people, it can change people's desire and libidos as well. Cause like our bodies were, you know, unless it's pain that, that we, we like, um, pain receptors, like are teaching our body to avoid something. So like early evolution mm. humans, you know, thinking about like, have you ever like barfed from alcohol that made you sick? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and did you want to drink that alcohol again? I did not, but you're a crazy bitch. And then like two weeks later, you're like, sure. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, they they avoid just, it, at least yes. for a time. And so the same <laughs> thing is true for pain. So if you're like, I'm feeling pain, unconsciously, your body's going to like avoid that and also clench more. And so in the pelvis, that's kind of why there's this bullshit of like, everyone should do kegels and like a tight pussy is a good thing. Uh-uh, that causes pain. <laughs> like kegels okay. for some people is good because they may yeah. have muscles that need to be stronger. But if you have muscles that are already constricted and tight and, tight and weak from holding on for so long, if you do kegels, it's going to make things not good for you. I can't imagine needing to do them if you haven't had like a baby come out of there. But I don't know. I never did one in my life until I popped a baby out. Are you doing one now that I said it? (laughs) Doing one right now. No, I could use some strengthening because if I have to, if I do like jumping jacks too long, I'll pee on myself. I'm really exposing myself right now. Okay. So, but these are things that a pelvic floor physical therapist can help you with. Physical therapy, pelvic PT is key for this. I think everyone who is preparing to have a baby and has a baby, it should be required. But most doctors do not prescribe this stuff because of all the reasons we were saying. Yeah. And yeah. so again, and it's normalized like, oh, we had a baby. So now it's just going to be different. You're going to be peeing yourself. No, that means that there's an issue with the musculature after a you know big traumatic event to uh-huh. your pelvic area. And you don't, it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to be Live like when you sneeze. There's stuff to do about this. The orgasm gap. Everyone should go listen to your podcast. Thank you. Sluts and Scholars. Great name. Tell everybody where they can find you. Social media, you. et cetera. Yeah, well, I'm on social media unless uh, the powers that be try to mm. take it down. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I know. <laughs> on Instagram at sluts and scholars, um, sluts and scholars.com. Um, I'm also at therapy with Nicoletta on Instagram, where you can find my website. Um, cause I also do like educational retreats, retreats for couples, um, therapy, coaching, all kinds of stuff. Um, so you can find me sluts and scholars.com or at sluts and scholars on Instagram or therapy with Nicoletta. Awesome. Thanks for talking with me, Nicoletta. And I hope everybody learned some things. I know I did. Sweet Freaky Fam, I hope you loved the interview. I hope anyone experiencing pelvic pain felt validated and inspired to do something about it. I know maybe it's a niche topic, but we got to talk about it. We got to mention it. It comes with the territory of having sex. Make sure everyone is subscribed to the show. Follow along. Leave a rating, a review. Rating on Spotify, you can write a little something, something, give five stars on Apple Podcast, helps a bitch out. I hope you all have a fabulous week and I will see you next Monday.